Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth. Thank you so much for joining today. God loves you, and I know He has great things in store for your life. Today we're going to continue looking in the Word of God at mercy and truth. We've been looking at Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, and we see here, that the word of God says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. For the last two lessons, we've been laying a foundation what it means to keep God's word, to keep it in our heart, to not turn loose of it. Even though circumstances and situations come against us and the storms of life blow hard and the winds blow and the rain beats upon our house, like Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7, His parable was that there was a wise man and a foolish man. They each built a house. The wise man built his house on a rock foundation. The foolish man built his house on a sand foundation. And then the same storm came to both places and blew hard and the, the winds blew, the rain fell. It was a terrible storm. But the result was that the wise man's house, since he had built it upon a rock, it stood firm and it was not moved or shaken by the storm, no matter how strong the wind blew or how bad things looked. But the foolish man's house collapsed immediately because it had a poor foundation. And Jesus likened those those men in his parable to people who either are doers of his word, who keep his word, or who don't. That's what we've been looking at the last two lessons. And if you haven't listened to those already, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. The Lord is really helping us and showing us good things through his word. So we have seen that it is so important to keep the word of God and to hold on to it. We also saw that in Matthew 13, Jesus gave another parable about a sower sowing seed. And he sowed it on different types of ground and it had different results based on the type of ground that the seed fell on. He sowed some on wayside ground, which would be the equivalent to our roads or parking lots today. It was hard ground, compacted, The seed couldn't even get into the ground. He also sowed some on stony ground that had a little bit of dirt, but then it was mostly rocks below that. That's the kind of ground I grew up with in southern Missouri. Where I grew up, my house was right on the outcropping of a hill. And if we ever needed to dig a hole, we didn't just take a shovel. 
We, yes, we took a shovel, but we also took a great big bar, big steel thing, weighed about 25 pounds. And once you got through the first inch of topsoil, you ran into rocks, solid rocks all the way down. So you'd have to take that bar and break the rocks apart and then drag them out in order to dig your hole. It was very hard work and time consuming and uh, I never did enjoy digging holes out there. Now, not all of the area is that way, but my house certainly was. So that was the stony ground that Jesus was talking about. He also said that the sower sowed seed on thorny ground. So the seed started, but then the weeds and the thorns choked out the seed and it didn't bring its fruit to perfection, to completion. And finally, he also sowed on good ground. This was rich dirt that the seed was able to get well planted into and grow deep roots and grow up. And Jesus said it produced 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest. That means 30 times, 60 times, and 100 times what was planted grew up as a result. But in Jesus' parable, as he was talking about the wayside ground, where the seed didn't even get into the dirt, he said that Satan comes immediately to steal the word when it is sown. The seed in this parable represents the word of God, and the soil represents our hearts. So if the word of God is sown in our heart, Satan is going to come immediately to try and steal that word away from us. So we have to do our part and guard our heart and keep the word of God, holding on to it. Because Satan will bring his storms of life. He'll bring his pressures. He'll bring his negative situations. All in an attempt to get us to turn loose of the Word of God. But we saw that we need to be like a bulldog and just grab hold of the Word of God and just don't let go. I heard that Winston Churchill said, the reason why the bulldog's nose is pointed up is so that he can still breathe as he's holding on to something. That's the way we need to be. We need to grab hold of the Word of God. And the scripture says that we are to fight the good fight of faith and to lay hold on eternal life. For that is what we're called to, eternal life. Eternal life isn't just living forever. It's experiencing the abundant life that Jesus purchased for us. So that, and we can experience that right here on the earth today. John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus purchased for us, this abundant life 
and more abundantly. But we have to do our part and fight the good fight of faith, not let the enemy steal it away from us. But instead, we have to lay hold on eternal life. We have to hold on to it and keep it, not turn it loose and guard our heart against the onslaughts of the enemy. This is what the Lord's exhorting us to do, instructing us to do in Proverbs 3. Forget not my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. And why is that? Why should we not forget the law of God? And why should we keep his commandments? Because he tells us in verse 2 that length of days and long life and peace shall they add to us. The Amplified Bible says, For length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, and continuing through old age till death, these shall they add to you. There's a lot of words there, but what he's saying is the word of God, when we keep the word of God and we guard our heart against the attacks of the enemy, the word of God will add length of days to us and they'll add years to our life but not just years of barely getting by, years of scraping and scrimping and not enjoying ourselves. The Word of God, when we keep it and guard it and refuse to let anything else in our heart, the Word of God will add years of a life worth living to us. We just looked at John 10.10 a minute ago. In another version, it says that Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. We might have and enjoy life. God wants us to have life and enjoy life right here on the earth. That means we need to be satisfied with what we have and expecting the Lord to bless us and expecting to see his favor and his goodness. How do you not enjoy your life? You're not expecting to see anything good. The psalmist wrote, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It doesn't matter how many possessions you have, how much money you have. That doesn't matter. If you don't expect good things to happen, if you don't expect the word of God to come to pass in your life, you're not going to enjoy life. You're just going to be working as hard as you can trying to make things happen on your own. Oh, but friend, when we learn to trust God and rely on Him and look to Him as our source and supply and realize that He is working all things for our good 
as long as we're following after him, then we can rest. We don't have to be working and striving, trying to make things happen on our own and getting upset when things don't go our way. We can relax and rest and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you to bring your word to pass in my life, and I believe you will. Hebrews tells us, those who have believed enter in to rest. When we believe God, when we trust God fully, then we can be at rest. We don't have to be all uptight and worried and anxious. We can be at rest because we know our good Father is working things out on our behalf. Now the fight comes in to stay in this rest because as we've seen, the enemy will try and bring things to us to try and get us out of this rest, to try and get us upset and anxious. But we have to say, no, no, I'm choosing to stay in rest. I'm choosing to continue to trust God and believe his word. Believe him that he's going to bring his word to pass in my life. I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes, in the sweet by and by, we will make it to heaven and it will be a glorious time there. But I'm believing to see the goodness of the Lord in my life right here on the earth. So what if things don't go my way? I know God said that he is opening doors that no one can shut. And he's closing doors that no one can open. He said all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if I keep my mind stayed on him, he is going to keep me in perfect peace. If I make my requests known unto him, and I am thankful and communicating with him, then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. These are the promises of God. And if we stand on those and refuse to be moved, even though the storms of life are raging around us, then we can experience the peace of God in our heart, in our mind, so that no worry could even come near us. I've had this happen in my own life. I was praying about some things, seeking the Lord for direction for my next step in life. And I sensed the direction he wanted me to go, but there were a lot of obstacles to face, a lot of challenges that would need to be overcome as I went that direction. And so I wanted to make sure that this was indeed the Lord's plan for me. And as I went to him and asked him about it, I felt the peace of God 
Cover me. Wash over my heart and mind. And I could still think in my own rational, logical thinking about all of the challenges that would need to be overcome. And I thought about those. But this peace of God was so strong on keeping my heart and mind that as I thought about these different challenges, my response was, okay, so this is what God wants me to do. So he's going to take care of me. It'll work out. That is the peace of God that passes understanding. What does it mean to pass understanding? It means that it's past your ability to understand why you're not anxious, why you're so at peace. But the reason why is you're trusting God. You're believing his word. And you're fully persuaded that he is going to bring to pass that which he promised you. We can trust him and trust his plan for us because he told us in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The NIV says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. That's what the Lord promises us. He promises that he has good plans for us. If we follow him, he's not going to harm us. Everything is going to work out for our good because we trust in him. And this is the way, the way, for everything to work out well in your life. Trust God. Believe him. Follow him. Keep his word. This is how you will see the goodness of God in your life, no matter what circumstances are coming your way. Well, Jonathan, I don't know. I'm having this problem in my relationships. My, my husband, he won't talk to me. My wife, she just left me. Trust God. Believe God. Pray for them. Ask the Lord to send laborers across their path. The Lord knows exactly who they'll listen to and receive from. And then trust God. Believe Him. And He will work that situation out for your good and for His glory. Trust His plan. Now, is it His plan that negative things happen? Is he causing all of the negative things to happen? Certainly not. He says that his plans for us are good. He never is going to harm us. But we have our own choices. 
and we can't control other people. They get to do their own thing. They get to do what they want to do. But as for me, I can choose to trust God and to stay in peace, to believe Him and to continue to expect to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And as for me, that's what I'm going to do. As for me, I'm going to continue to keep the word of God and guard my heart against the attacks of the enemy. I'm going to continue to keep the word of God and guard it and hold on to it so that the enemy can't steal it away from me. And I believe I will see the fullness of God's plan come to pass in my life. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In Psalm 34, it says that we are blessed when we trust in him. And the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. The young lions, that represents the strongest of the strong, naturally speaking. Even if you have all of the natural ability in the world, all of the talent, all of the smarts in the world, you're still going to come up short once in a while in yourself. But the verse goes on to say, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. If we're trusting the Lord and we're following after him, and doing what he wants us to do, then we will never lack for any good thing. Because he is our good shepherd and he has good plans for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. Plans for us to experience abundant life here on earth to experience length of days and years of a life worth living. Glory to God. God is so faithful. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord never changes he never breaks his word. He never alters his covenant. If we see it in the word of God, then we can take it to the bank. If he said it, I believe it, and then that settles it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, how can you be so sure? I'm trusting in the creator of the universe, the one who placed the stars in the heavens, the one who created our planet, our solar system, and the one who cared enough to create the smallest flower, the smallest animal, with the greatest detail, Jesus said, if you look at the birds of the air, they don't 
work hard. They don't have a job. They don't plant their own seed and then reap a harvest. They don't do any of that. They just fly around, live life, and God feeds them. God takes care of them. You've never seen a whole flock of birds fall out of the sky and die on the ground because of starvation. God takes care of them. And Jesus said, are you not much more valuable than many birds? Your heavenly Father will take care of you. He takes care of the birds. How much more so will he take care of you? Because you are far more precious in his sight than every bird in the world. He also says, Jesus also said, if you look at the lilies of the field, they don't work hard. They don't try and force their way in life. But yet, even Solomon in all of his amazing splendor, the lilies of the field were just as beautiful as, he, as his outfits were. And Jesus said, how much more will God take care of you? Your heavenly Father, he will take care of you just like he does the birds and the flowers. All we have to do is trust him. Take him at his word and believe what he has to say. And we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So our challenge is to cast down imaginations and thoughts and reasonings and arguments that try and contradict what the Word of God says. Oh, you'll you'll never make it out of this situation. This financial trouble is just too big. No, the Scripture says, My God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, you know how the economy's going. You know that things are going, looking bad. They're cutting jobs. Taxes are going up. Interest rates are going up. Wages are going down. You know this is bad. No, the scripture says the favor of God surrounds me like a shield. Jesus said, I open doors that no one can shut. And I go before you to make the crooked places straight. He will supply our needs. He is our source. Not the economy, not the way things are going in the world. God is our source. Well, I don't know about this this relationship situation. You know, they've been mad at me for six months. Well, the Lord says to pray for them and then believe God And don't worry about it. Let the Lord work in their heart. You just leave them alone. 
and you just step, take a step back and pray for them, be friendly and show the love of God and let the Holy Spirit work in their heart. The Holy Spirit is far more able than we could ever be at working in someone's heart. If we continue to stand on the Word of God and we continue to believe Him and His Word and we guard our heart against the pressures coming in from the outside, we don't let the storms of life get in us. Yes, they may be going on around us. Sometimes that's beyond our control. But we never have to let the storm and the distress and the up, upsetness, if you will, get in us. We can choose to trust God and to hold on to his word. And then we will see his good plan come to pass in our life. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Be sure to follow us so that you never miss an episode of the Fortress of Truth. And I encourage you to share this with your friends and family. Let other people know about it. And I hope you'll join us again next time as we continue seeing what the Lord has for us in His Word. God bless you and have a blessed, prosperous, victorious day in Jesus' name.